This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. And you're listening to Finance Talkback and Barry Preston. We have a special guest today. We certainly do. We're very, very, very happy and privileged to have a gentleman by the name of Terry McCran. And for over a quarter of a century, Terry has written daily commentary on business, the economy, politics, and he's provided critical analysis on the great events and personalities that have shaped our nation. Terry reaches in a bigger audience than any other columnist through the New South Wales Daily and Sunday Telegraphs and in Victoria of course the Herald Sun and the Sunday Herald Sun and the Australian newspaper he's a former Graham Perkins Journalist of the Year, Financial Journalist of the Year and of course a winner of the Melbourne Press Club's Golden Quill Award and the very prestigious Walkley Award Hi Terry, how are you? Good afternoon Barry and all the best to your listeners Thank you very much and uh, on their behalf I just hope you have a very happy and uh, enjoyable and safe festive season. A safe festive season and hopefully a somewhat more prosperous new year. I'm going to put some questions. <laughs> I'm going to put some questions to you in a moment. I hope you've got your crystal ball shined up. Well, it's it's a bit cloudy, but we'll try and see if we can get, get it uh, see through the murk. Okay, what's the weather like down in Melbourne? Uh, exactly like that. It's an overcast day, so uh, which I don't object to. Any time it's raining, we 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 can uh, thank that. Oh dear, very much so. Well, we're very very hot up here. I think it's around about the thirty-eight, and I heard in Sydney a couple of suburbs down there are in the forties. Now, and by the way, that's climate change. It happens all the time. <laughs> we won't go down that track. Look, something that's dear to our hearts, whether you are a retiree or a person that has a mortgage, interest rates. Look, we've had a record three increases in a row, uh, and I believe there will be more on the horizon. Terry, what is the main area of influence that's uh, causing these rates to increase? High dollars, skilled workers, what is it? I'm glad you started off by saying retirees, self-funded retirees, and mortgage borrowers, because we tend to only look at the people that are paying the interest rates, those who have borrowed money. Very, very important, obviously, to those that are saving as well. And the, the, the bottom line on the question, Barry, is really what's causing this is the fact that the Reserve Bank took rates down as low as they did in the first place. They, As we all know, the global financial crisis caused some panic around the world, justified panic at the start of the year, and the Reserve Bank aggressively cut interest rates as part of the way we were trying to deal with that and prevent a serious recession. But they really went down far too low in the sense of what's sustainable and what's good going forward. So at the very minimum, it's just really moving them back towards where they need to be for normal stability and normal financial transactions in the in the community. Now, I guess balancing those two drivers, Barry, what people have to pay and what people can earn earn on their savings. It's a juggling act, isn't it? Exactly. I'd like to see them, uh, and I mentioned this before, playing around with the excise on petrol because that attacks everybody and mortgagee, you know, and everybody equally because it's a cost and it hits the pocket immediately. However, uh, I'll probably keep out of that. Well, interest rates have become the main way that we want to try and uh, fine-tune the economy, Barry, and I Mm. think probably reasonably sensibly uh, it's taken it out of the hands of politicians. Although we did see... A little bit of that this year with the reaction to the, 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 the global crisis that the government went back to directly pumping money into the economy with those fiscal policy changes and in con- conjunction with the Reserve Bank moves. I think we pretty well it helped us avoid the really sharp recessions that we saw in most of the rest of the world countries like the United States and Britain mm. where unemployment is a lot higher than it is in Australia. Very much so, and all around the world too, and we'll look at a few of those countries in a moment. Yes, we got down actually, I think, in about 
probably close or might be over 48 years low and I believe it's uh, averaged the Australian interest rates, the cash rates averaged over 9% since 1970. That's average. So we are very, very low at the moment. Very much That's so. right. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, without getting into a long lecture about why interest rates matter and why they can't be low, I mean, ideally we'd all like to be paying 4% on our mortgage and uh, be able to buy, to uh, get We have seen banks and other lenders and building societies, credit unions, increase their rates above official RBA interest rates. We won't pick on any banks or whatever the case. But also I noticed their deposit rates are now increasing, and some of them I've seen at 7% for six months. I saw one the other day at 7% for five years. Now, they're getting way ahead of what the Reserve Bank is and what actually they're charging for mortgages at the moment. This, this is getting out of kilter a little bit. Well, you put your finger right on the, the important driver of this, Barry, that, and the Reserve Bank number two guy, a fellow called Rick Battolino, hmm. he's number two to Glenn Stevens, the name that everybody would know. He gave a speech two days ago which really highlighted what we're talking about here, or yesterday, I think, it really highlighted the fact, and he went into great detail explaining why those banks were paying those high deposit rates and the fact that that meant inevitably that they would be charging borrowers more than uh, what you might expect from the from the Reserve Bank movement. So he wasn't defending the banks particularly, he was just explaining why this was happening. Mm. And the banks are basically competing for money, and, they, and uh, a number of factors are behind that, but they want people's money, they want the deposits of uh, ordinary Australians, and... Um, that's what's uh, been a very important factor in, in those in those interest rate rises. Because banks also borrow on the wholesale markets and the overseas markets, and it's becoming very difficult for people to, for the the big banks to do that sort of thing these days. Is that correct? Well, because exactly. Again, you've, you've highlighted exactly the point, Barry. That um, the reason, one of the reasons why they've gone back to trying to get ordinary Australians to save, and particularly these term deposits of a year or, or, or longer, is precisely that that the the wholesale markets where they've been tending to borrow to fund their lending have become more difficult in the wake of the global crisis. So uh, it's back to home home turf, mm. uh, and for those who are saving, they obviously benefit. And I just noticed recently the US, uh, the NAB borrowed about 800 million or 600 million US at 8%, and the ANZ this, uh, recently had what's called a preference share issue at about 7.1%. Uh, and that's a floating rate because it's based on a bank bill rate. We won't go into detail, but you can see there's rates, those two, uh, above what uh, they're lending their money out at. So well, it's exactly, mm. and uh, that, that, that sort of gets blended into uh, some money that they've got a lot much cheaper, but it does mean you've got that pressure. To go back to what uh, Rick Battolino said, very importantly, he said that because of this, the Reserve Bank would, uh, would take it into account in deciding what it would do with the official rate, and that would mean that the official rate wouldn't be raised as much as we might have expected uh, three months ago or, or, um, or indeed even last month. So, mm. yes, it's hurting borrowers, but you're getting, they're getting some relief from the fact that um, uh, 
that the official rate will take it into account. I think it's probably, a re- going back to the point about balance, Barry, it's, it's, it's sort of getting a reasonable balance. Savers are getting more, mm. and uh, borrowers maybe charge more, but they were going to be charged that more anyway if the Reserve Bank had pushed up their official rates. Terry, I think we've seen the best of interest rates for quite some time. That's the 3% cash rate. I think we've seen that. And leading into that, it's a bit of a concern. I believe it's a concern, my opinion, that the government's first homeowner's grant, I don't know whether it's a sound strategy or a possible challenge for some future problem because I believe there are a number of people who borrowed based on the low rate and may not have been savvy enough to sit down and do some solid budgets. And as these rates creep ahead, it's really going to be hitting because we've got We've got uh, uh, energy prices going up. We've got uh, water prices going up. I don't know whether you're copying that down there in your state at all. Water prices and energy prices going up. They are well. They haven't. They haven't yet, but they are. We're in for some big rises next year. Well, look out! You don't find some big uh, extension cords going over Victoria into <laughs> New South Wales. Yeah. What about this government grant? This, well, I think you're exactly right, Barry. That the it's a bit of a trap uh, because people who are desperate to get into into a, into a house, and it's understandable. Hmm. Uh, vulnerability in it all. Terry, we're going to have a little break and when we come back we're going to have a very quick look at the stimulus package and then I hope you've got that crystal ball polished up because we're going to put, ask you some predictions. Okay. And you're listening to Finance Talkback. Barry Preston, we have a special guest with a finger on the pulse of we, things to do. We certainly finance. do. Terry McCran, who is uh, a well-known business commentator the, on the economy, politics and so forth, and he writes for the New South Wales Daily and uh, Sunday Telegraphs and Victoria the Herald and Sun Herald and the Australian. And, of course, we've just finished interest rates. And we're moving on to something else now, which it, it, it's been quite funny. Interest rates drop to sort of uh, stimulate the economy and then money's been pumped in now to stimulate the economy and interest rates are increasing. We're talking, Terry, now, many questions regarding this subject of stimulus. Most listeners, and I've had a lot of people talk to me, are quite curious. Do you have any idea just how much our debt will get to? Uh, government debt is probably, this is, we're talking about federal, the, the Commonwealth government debt, that's probably going to go over something around $150 billion in where we're headed for. Um, now, of course, it got down to zero with the Howard Costello government where they basically paid off the debt in part by selling off Telstra so that uh, we, this government came in, the debt was sort of basically zero. It'll probably get to around $150 billion. That's the federal debt, Barry. And then, of course, you have to add on the state debt, uh, which is which in, in aggregate and, and across the states is looking, looking like it's going to grow because the states have been profligate when the good times are rolling and uh, 
obviously we'd like them to build more hospitals, build more roads, build more infrastructure. But something's got to suffer. I mean, debts have to be repaid. So how will it be paid back over time? The question starting to come from a lot of people is higher taxes? Well, it's less. you don't really have to pay the debt back, provided it doesn't get to extraordinary levels. But what you do have to pay, Barry, is the interest on the debt. And that that higher interest on the debt comes in two ways, either higher taxes, as you say, or they cut services and... uh, uh, that's the reality that um, we're going to have to face, that uh, uh, as we go forward, the, the interest payments are going to be significant and that will impact on services. And rather than, I guess, rather than raise taxes, they'll just let the, the normal sort of creep of tax of increases take place. So uh, we can forget about getting tax cuts uh, as we've had in the last, you know, every year for the last half a dozen years. We'll forget about seeing any, any further tax cuts, I think, pretty much for the next two, three, four, five years. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Terry, another thing you often hear people say, um, look, let's pay it back. Let's just print more money. Is that real or a fallacy? And what, if they did, what damage, what damage would that do? Would it bring in no, another it, Zimbabwe? It, 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 well, that's the ultimate, uh, destination if we go down that path. Uh, no, it's not a sensible thing to do to print more money, and it's not really a practical thing. And I don't think anybody's suggesting that in Australia. Again, you know, we're, we've got to remember we're in pretty good shape compared to other countries, and that's sort of exactly what they're doing in America, uh, which could have all sorts of negative consequences, not only for America but for the rest of the world. But down here in Australia, no, we don't have to go down that path, and we won't. Here we go, Terry. Look, you're a fairly well-known uh, analyst commentator. You state the obvious. Uh, you're well thought over regarding your opinions. You never sit on the fence and get splinters in you-know-what. I'm going <laughs> to put some things to you at the moment. The Australian economy. What is our biggest challenge for 2010? Oh, that's a big question, Barry. Um, I don't know that I can name a single biggest challenge, but clearly it's, um, it's, it's sort of being prepared... For, for all the uncertainty that the rest of the world can throw at us. I mean, if you go back two years, no one saw this financial crisis coming. And uh, fortunately, we were in great shape to, to meet it. And uh, the, the, the outcome is pretty much, is pretty good. If you, your listeners will, will feel that, yes, they might have suffered some pain, but, uh, but nothing really dramatic and nothing like we had in 1990. So it's really, the, the challenge has been, has been, is to have the flexibility, I think, to meet the uncertain things that can happen, rather than um, nominate one in particular. But, but clearly, it's sustaining the strength in the economy. And I suppose if you really ask me to nominate one, it's, it's getting the infrastructure right, because that's the sort of building block, that's the skeleton on which you build an economy. So if we don't have infrastructure, uh, we don't have economic growth, we don't have jobs, we don't have business activity. Having said that, you mentioned the things that other countries can throw at us. Individual economies. Uh, there's some unusual things happening uh, outside of Australia. The, they talk about the BRIC, the B-R-I-C, the Brazil, Russia, India and China. That's growing and could be a fairly powerful influence on the word? Uh, well, absolutely. And, uh, and I suppose this is the biggest uncertainty. China is looking fantastic and it's looking very good just in particular for us. Um, now, yes, it causes some issues in, in places like the Hunter. If you're going to build a new coal mine or you're going to build uh, build the infrastructure to go with that, that uh, causes issues in the local community. But looking at, looking at it from Australia as a whole, we have the resources that China wants and wants to 
develop the same sort of standard of living that we've got, and uh, that's been very important in in keeping us going through 2009. And clearly, it's what happens in China in not only in 2010. But the rest of uh, the, the, the new decade is going to be absolutely fundamental to what actually happens in Australia. So it's the most important of the BRIC countries, but mm. then India's coming out behind and um, I was just going to say, Russia are also mm. trying to get, get in the same path. Because I'm, I'm reading stories that India is going to be bigger than China in time. Population-wise, that could be another concern, population. But uh, anyway, what can one do? Well, <laughs> yeah. not something we can do anything no. about, obviously, the Chinese and Indian populations, but... Yes, you're right. That, uh, but at the moment, it's China. I mean, China's the really dominant player. The powerhouse. And India's coming up behind it because China is now our biggest, our biggest trading partner. Now, mm. China's our biggest, our biggest mm. market. It's bigger than any other market. It's bigger than Japan, which, uh, which for the last twenty years had been our biggest, uh, biggest uh, market. They've been asleep for a long time. Japan. I wonder when they'll wake up. But that's another story too. Mm. There's one now that's called PIGS, P-I-I-G-S, Portugal, Ireland, Italy, Greece and Spain. Now, these guys are in a lot of mess. They are, and uh, the, they don't pose a direct threat to us uh, in the sense that we have big trading relationships with those countries, but clearly they pose an indirect problem in terms of financial uh, instability uh, and meltdown. As we, you know, as we discovered, Barry, it was unemployed car workers in Detroit who had borrowed on these subprime loans that really triggered this whole meltdown process. So people in Ireland defaulting on loans, people in Spain having problems, and and Greece, which is threatening to become the first country to actually default, could uh, could it could cause that problem. But at the moment. Um, it's a risk, but not something that um, is going to, you know, is going to happen next week. And the USA can't keep borrowing, for goodness sake! I've seen a clock that ticks over there, and it's frightening. Well, there again, you get back to this issue of the USA printing money, um, and uh, on one level, it can do that because the US dollar is the world's currency. But obviously, if you undermine the, the people's confidence in that currency, that's going to come back in, in disastrously, not only for America, but for us as well. Again, a huge problem going forward, but not one that's going to really uh, you know, come up and bite us uh, in the next month or two. No. Now, if I was to ask Terry McCran, uh, a wish for 2010 as far as the world economy is concerned, or something about the world economy. What would you like to see? I would think my most important wish, Barry, is for people to start taking some hard decisions. Yes, we had all this uh, massive spending uh, to offset the worst of the global meltdown, but that has basically been dealt with, certainly in terms of avoiding a disaster. But if we don't start taking some medicine now, we're going to brew even bigger problems two, three, five years down the track. So I would like to see the major countries doing what we've been doing, which is actually to start lifting interest rates because you can't keep them where they are uh, forever. You're going to build bubbles across the economy and that gets you into even more trouble. I'd like to see governments around the world actually start to tighten the belt a bit, to actually be prepared to to look beyond the current crisis and to deal with, um, to try and set up a sustainable, prosperous future. 
Terry, thank you very much indeed for your commentary. We certainly do uh, enjoy it. I get a lot of comments from our clients and listeners uh, that they thoroughly enjoy listening to you. On behalf of uh, everybody from the Hunter Valley and especially our listeners on 2NURFM 103.7, to you and your family, a fabulous Christmas, safe, festive season and for 2010, a fabulous year. Well, thank you, Barry. I've uh, much enjoyed talking to you and uh, I hope it's been of value to your listeners and of some... In, uh, some uh enjoyment as well and I certainly wish them the best for 2010 I mean if we go back a year Barry we probably thought this was going to be Armageddon (laughs) the sky Uh, was falling chicken little (laughs) and it was for a couple of months at the beginning of the year but then things started started to improve so I would hope uh, that we can keep that process going uh, next year Terry thank you very much keep safe Bye-bye. And a very happy Christmas. Thank you, Terry McCran, and you heard him on Finance Talkback on 2NURFM 103.7.